We are back, baby. We are back. That's we right. are back. You are looking live. We get after it. You know, we jabber jaw. We go tit for tat. We have our little differences. Let's get funky like a monkey. And here we go. Hello and welcome to the Moose and Runes podcast. This episode 102 of the pod. Uh, just anniversaries abound, Matthew. Uh, Joe Moose. Happy anniversary. Matt Rooney. Thank you. Don't say that to me, though. Uh, two two years going here for the Moose and Runes podcast. You sent out a nice tweet from uh, the from the pod account yesterday. Uh, well, yesterday was the two year two year mark, correct? I believe so. I, and I got to credit Chris Sims for it. I wouldn't have known it, but Chris Sims mm-hmm. from our, our friends over at the the Deep Thrones podcast, he mm-hmm. texted me a, a screenshot of his time hop. Uh, oh, beautiful. Our uh, you know inaugural tweet and episode being uh, sent out there. So, well, I, mean, I guess technically it's probably a little bit longer since we did that practice episode that only a, a limited few got the the privilege to yeah. listen to. But the two year anniversary of the first podcast was yesterday. You know, and they say fifty uh, percent of podcasts end in divorce uh, yeah. in the first two years. So yeah. we're we're ahead of the we're ahead of the ball game here. We we know we're not part of that fit. We're part of the good fifty percent. Because we're going to be part of a 50%. We will not be a statistic, Matt. Thank you. All right. Uh, well, we do have some stuff to get into today, some some pop culture notes to, to touch upon as well. Uh, you mentioned Chris Sims and the, the Deep Thrones pod. I, I assume, and I have not listened to them yet, but that their reaction pod to episode three is an absolute banger. I'm looking forward to oh, digging into that one. They're so always some, they're always some, spot on with their analysis. Some some cross pollination, but um, you know, Team White Walker took a big blow. This you weekend, know what? And uh, I, it's, I, it's, I actually, it's a tough day to be Team White Walker. I, I text I texted Sims right right out you know the day after the episode. He's like, I had some time, or maybe even tweeted at him, but you know, I had some time to reflect and. You know what? It's like we say with the Patriots every year. I'm not going to be the one to predict their downfall, but when it, ha- yeah. you know, I'll happily be wrong. And you know, we were wrong. But that yeah. said, it was you know a ten thousand year dynasty. I'm not going to. I'm going right. to look back on the good times. There are a lot right. of good times. You did a lot of good things over then. You know, don't cry because it's over. Smile we, because it happened. We lost to that, a grade A badass on a hail mary. Like the, yeah, sometimes and, that and happens. It we probably does. should have given we probably should have given a, a spoiler alert uh, coming into the podcast here. Yeah. But if you haven't watched you haven't it at this point, that's on you. Um, and that's kind of the approach that I'm taking with spoilers as a whole because that's been the hot topic as of late. But we will get into spoilers uh, in terms of you know just the uh, the right and wrong of spoilers. But I think we're past the statute of limitations here and yeah, we can I mean, talk freely about um, for, uh, Game of Thrones. We'll get into it later, but I think. For t- for live TV shows that's just being aired all at once, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think think you kind of have to watch it or stay off, you know, Twitter, social yeah. media, podcasts, all that. That's on you. I saw some I saw some crazy numbers. Um, they didn't. I don't think they have put an exact number on it, but it was possibly the most watched episode of television in the history of any sort of platform. So I, that doesn't um, surprise me, honestly. I think that was that in episode one. Uh, of this season were probably yeah. the most hyped episodes of television I can remember in my lifetime. I know prior to this, I believe MASH, the season finale of oh, MASH was MASH, still the wow. uh, the highest viewed episode. MASH, Friends, and Seinfeld, I think were all up there or something like that. Their final episodes. but Who could forget that a, epic episode of MASH? Once you, get, once you get the hype machine rolling here in this day and age with social media and digital marketing, it's hard for people not to watch. They want to feel like they're a part of something. I don't even watch the show uh, unless, you know, someone I'm with is watching the show. Shelby watches the show or I was living with the guys a couple years ago. They were watching the show. So, you know, I watched it just for entertainment value and it was very entertaining. I, you know, I didn't, I, I don't understand the little Easter eggs that other people get from all of the years and years of watching the show. But at the same time, it was, you know, it was very, uh, it was very entertaining and, and not knowing a lot about the show, I think covered up some plot holes that people were talking about Probably. Uh, that may or may not have been there. Yeah. I, I think the issue was, I don't, I don't think there are many plot holes. I just think the plot played out a little bit more simple yeah. than people would have liked, which I was okay with. I'm a simple guy, Joe, you know that. Yeah. Uh, I, I was okay. Minimalism. With, I, I also think part of the issue was there was, you know, like two years or so of layoff in between season seven and eight. So people had so much time to theorize yeah. of what might happen and what twists might happen. That when mm-hmm. there wasn't this huge twist, it just kind of played out. That people were like, oh, well, then why did we talk about this and that? I was like, well, that's just kind of what you guys might have theorized might have happened. Doesn't mm-hmm. mean it's going to happen. I think that because of the options that were thrown out there, I think there were it was going to be disappointment across the board, pretty much no matter what happened, at least with some people. 
I enjoyed it, though. A, I was on the edge of my seat for 83 minutes. We're not a Thrones we, podcast. Though. We're That's not. We don't, we don't want to step on the toes of, of the Deep Thrones pod. So, uh, well, they touch there. on sports here and there every once they in a do. while. So we're allowed stay to. Stay off our lawn, Deep yeah. Thrones pod. You stay off that? ours, we'll stay off yours. <laughs> but uh, definitely a ton of sports to get in here, Matt. Let's, uh, let's broach the topic of the NFL draft. Uh, the Bears did not have the biggest battery of picks, but I really like what they did with their picks. But uh, some, some splashes made elsewhere as well. Matt, give me your, uh, your takeaway. Give me, a, give me a draft grade. Let's, be, let's see, be, be super basic on this. Give me a draft grade for the Chicago Bears, this, uh, this NFL draft. Uh, you know, I, it's hard to go you know, an A without having a first-round pick or even a second-round pick at that. Uh, uh-huh. I, I'm kind of in the B range, hovering more towards a high B. Um, mm-hmm. I really like the the David Montgomery pick. I know they traded up to get him, but at this point, I don't I, I don't really see the what's wrong with sacrificing a fourth next year if this is your guy and they were making a run on running backs. I think across the board, people like that pick. I really like the Riley Ridley pick. Um, I know yes. they don't necessarily – receiver wasn't at the top of their list – but when you get into that fourth round, if if you have somebody that you have at the top of your list who's not there anymore, don't take out of need. Take out of best player available. And yeah, Riley Ridley. You're building Riley Ridley. From what we've seen is was the best player available on the board. We saw what talent he has in Georgia. We saw his route running ability and in Matt Nagy's offense. I think route running ability might be the most important trait from a receiver, not necessarily speed. Yeah. And if it is speed, they already have those burners. They don't really need another burner outside of Anthony outside. Murray. And, outside uh, of uh, outside of a few positions from the fourth rounded on, you're really looking to build depth and yeah. building depth at the wide receiver position is always important. We've seen that in years past when there was such a uh, a deficit uh, of depth at the wide receiver position for the mm-hmm. Bears. So I love that pick. Um, I love that there's there's even more camaraderie in that building with Georgia Bulldogs all over the place. Um, I think that I think that does really make a difference is in, in building culture is having guys that are familiar with each other and having guys that can on Saturdays wear their, wear their colors and, mm-hmm. and BS with the guys who are on teams that they're playing. I, I, I think those are all things that you don't um, necessarily put down on paper when you're building a draft board, but those are things that do come into play. So yeah, I think, I think they, they might they, play a minor factor in there. Yeah, I think that that helps the room a little bit. But uh, you talk about moving up to go get a running back and getting the guy that they want. And everything I've heard um, about this guy is that we got the second best running back in the draft. And to to get that in the third round is is fantastic, especially when that's the first selection that you're making. And it's a huge need. I think that it's another another power play and another notch in the belt of – of Ryan Pace. I think that was a great pick up there. And I, I very much like Ryan Pace's draft strategy so far. I know we, we will always be at odds over trading up, you know, however many years for Mitch Trubisky, but we've seen not just that, like with, with other picks in the past, he's not afraid in middle rounds. Like last year, he wanted Anthony Miller. He identified that as his guy and he said, okay, I, I have to sacrifice a third round pick at some point, but I'm going to go get him. And that pick mm-hmm. after year one looks like it's going to work out. He's had these, he's had good, um, experiences, I guess, for lack of a better word, in the past, of trading up when he has a guy identified. And if you need to sacrifice a fourth-round pick later, okay, you just sometimes you just got to suck that up and do it. No one's going to remember that if, you know, you do hit on, on Anthony Miller or David Montgomery that you sacrificed a mid-round pick a year or two from now. It, that, that's okay if you identify your guys. I'd rather have quality over quantity in my draft picks, if that makes sense, especially in the later rounds. Yeah, um, Mel Kuyper Jr., right on, right in lockstep with you, giving the Bears a B-plus uh, draft grade, taking Khalil Mack and that trade into account as well. So mm-hmm. uh, if you're taking Khalil Mack and that trade into the account Khalil as well, Mack, I don't know how Khalil it's not Mack an A. Khalil Mack would have gone number one in that draft. Proven commodity. Um, so then again, Khalil Mack probably wouldn't have gone one. because no, Kyler Murray. Because Kyler Murray would have gone one. Um, he probably would have gone two. He would, he would have been the Nick Bosa this year. I think so. He'd, um, he'd be a he, niner. If he got past two... Uh, the Jets would have made a dumb decision. The Raiders would have made a dumb decision. He would have slid. He would have fell. Well, we know um, the Raiders would have passed on him. Oh my God! Don't even get me started. But let's actually let's actually get started on you know some some selections can, around. Can the I league. Make, before we move off the Bears? Can I make one? Yeah. minor. Uh, of course. I, I really liked out of the the undrafteds uh, they signed. Not mm-hmm. just saying this because I'm an Notre Dame guy. They, they added Alex Bars, who tore his ACL. I believe it was in the Stanford game last year, and the the offensive line for Notre Dame was was still solid going down, but was never the yeah. same afterwards. He was their best offensive lineman. It wasn't really that close. Uh, he would have been. He wasn't Quentin Nelson good because no guard is Quentin Nelson good coming out of yeah. the draft. But he, he would have been a you know mid to 
third round ish pick if that's still in the middle rounds if he were healthy and i think they got a absolute steal um at least in terms of offensive line depth and then maybe eventually even a guy who can slide in you know in a year or two when kyle long is 33 and maybe not here anymore um i I think that's a steal and i thought that was a very shrewd pickup especially with harry he connection having been at notre dame coach bars there i think that was a great pickup for them and not really having any, I don't, I don't know what the deal was, but let's assume something in the 15000 to whatever $30,000 range to get a guy after and sign a free agent contract. You don't mm-hmm. have to pay him until the end of the summer if he's going to be on your roster or keep him on your practice squad. Let him get right for a year and, and see if he is the player that he once was. Build him back up. Um, and as we've seen with the way things happen up front, uh, oftentimes, you know, that was, that was where the Bears were strongest last season, not just mm-hmm. on the defensive side of the ball, but just keeping guys on the field. There weren't many um, instances where true playmakers or there were glaring openings due to injury as there had Eddie, been. Eddie Jackson back. and Mitch. Mitch was really just precautionary. Eddie Jackson Mitch was, was really precautionary. the only one that kind of jumps out, right? Eddie Jackson and Khalil missed, what, a week yeah, or two? Yeah, Khalil missed two weeks. Um, yeah, even that was, was like, you know, the, like if it was the playoffs yeah. he was playing, it was just like we just don't worry about it for now. Yeah. But oh, and that also did, shout out that to, did affect the seating, and then we did have to play. Up, but whatever, we played, the, we played a wild card game at home. Shout out are, to uh, local guy Fenwick Fryer, Danny Cooney. Uh, you see this? He signed, he got invited to Bears minicamp. There we go. Former Fryer, I know that. I, I actually coached the young kid as a freshman for uh, for a summer before heading back to college. So um, that explains. So it. I, I mean, I not to brag, but you know. I, I helped. <laughs> Under your tutelage, he gets his NBA or his NFL dream uh, realized. That's that's good stuff there. I'm, I'm sure he's a friend of the pod. So if you're listening, you know, just remember remember your roots, kid. Um, Matt, I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit. Uh, sure, love that. Best best steal, best pickup, and worst uh, worst pickup. I think um, in terms of the Bears. In, in no, in terms of league wide, who. Who do you think is in a great spot to succeed, and who do you think maybe early round guy or early first round guy uh, is not going to pan out? Oof. Uh, I mean, I feel like the easy answer is Daniel Jones, but uh, old be, Danny Jones. I'd be lying to you if I said I watched much Duke football this year, and yeah. I feel like a lot of the Daniel Jones hate is coming more out of people just really love Dwayne Haskins. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I would probably have to say Josh Allen falling to Jacksonville at seven feels like a great fit, right? And I think that was, I mean, he was projected yep. to be top five, and that's one of those cases of, oh, they already have a sick defense, and now that's about to get even better. Um, let's see, bad fit in the first yeah. round. I mean, Dan, like I said, Daniel Jones seems to be kind of the layup. I, actually, I, I see more a lot of things I like. Uh, in this first round, I think you might say Cleveland Farrell at, at Oakland to Oakland at four. Well, I was gonna, but if that's a guy, say, they, if that's a guy you identified off the top as you know your guy, and you don't like any offers that are, the, or if you're not getting offers, the question gonna, is, Matt. The question is, why are you the only people identifying that guy as the guy? I mean, people were no identi- one else had Cleveland Farrell going before the twenty second pick. He was thought to maybe even slide to the second round. Oh, see, I so thought he was why, okay. I thought he was a top fifteen. No, they were saying like twenty two through like forty is where Cleveland Farrell was expected to go. That's why it was kind of a head scratcher, and everyone's coming out saying that is the biggest reach of the draft. If it works out, perfect. You're a genius, but you're a franchise that's rebuilding that just gave away all of their talent for nothing but first round picks. And now you have to go out and execute with those first round picks. It's not the time to reach, go get the plug and play Josh so, Allen, not a guy who, who requires a ton of molding and is strictly a four, three edge rusher. Who's uh, only good on third down. Like don't, don't do that. That's I agree like, with you there that uh, um, first off, they should have went Josh Allen because I think Josh Allen has elite talent, but I that just because the Raiders might have reached doesn't mean I think he's a bad fit there or won't no. necessarily work out. So no. that's kind of where I was but looking at. I knew this is kind of where you were hinting at, but you could have gotten him. You could have gotten him later in the first round. You could have traded back, maximized that for two. You really wanted to. You had picks. a twenty-four and a twenty-seven. You probably could have traded those and, and hopped up if you really wanted but to. But then you, you know, don't 15, end up. So but then you don't end up with what I believe was the steal of the first round in Josh Jacobs at number twenty-four. So I do believe mm-hmm. that the worst nice and best pick. picks, the worst and best, maybe not the worst. I think Daniel Jones. I, I don't think Daniel Jones is going to work as an NFL quarterback. I mean. I, I honestly, same as you, didn't watch much of him until yeah, but, after the pick. But and David Cutcliffe knows the Mannings really well, so it's got to work yeah, out. So, you know, <laughs> nepotism and whatnot. But um, 
But, I've never seen no. a family with more control over a franchise. More just pull. I love it. I just I love I, it. I, I honestly I, think but, Archie's, Okay, explain to me this. Not Archie's to get off running the, the New York Giants behind the scenes. You know this, right? Not to get off uh, the Raiders because I think they do deserve an applause at number 24 for going to get Josh Jacobs, a guy who's going to probably run for a thousand plus yards this season. I'm just, mm-hmm. I, I just think he's that type of guy where if your offensive line's making a hole, um, he was like sneaky good at Bama, which is a hard thing to do. Yeah. Be sneaky good. They, they didn't, he didn't play in many fourth quarters this year, just like Tua. Um, but besides the point, I was going to go back to, uh, we were talking about who, uh, we were talking about, Cleo um, no, 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 Daniel, Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones. and, and the whole, so explain to me how this makes any sense. Sure. If the Mannings are, you know, moving the chess pieces for the Giants. And Eli Manning wants to play for the Giants for X amount more years. Um, the Giants came out and said at least three. That means Eli thinks he can play for another 10 or whatever it is. Why is Eli Manning and Eli Manning's family having any say who the successor of Eli Manning is? So how, does here, because, how does that make sense? Because if they were to draft Dwayne Haskins or if it were, you know, if Kyler Murray were to somehow be there and that would be the quarterback imagine how quickly the fans would be calling for one of those two. Now exactly. that it's Daniel. So th- it, exactly. This, so this so, is so the Mannings Eli want would, the lesser quarterback exactly. in the building is my point. Exactly. That's, that's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. It is. But if you don't, I mean, there's no way you can watch those two. I mean, I, again, I haven't seen a ton of uh, Daniel Jones tape. Before. You don't I've have seen, to to know that no, Dwayne Haskins I've is seen enough of Dwayne Haskins to know that the higher ceiling, at least on tape and from what we saw in college, appears to be Dwayne Haskins. Now, it might not it might not end up working out that way because weird things happen in the NFL, but there's no way you can watch those two and tell me Daniel Jones looks like he's the better quarterback. No. Not from, not from an eye test. Uh, the Redskins also, in contrary to that, got a steal in Dwayne Haskins at 15. And I, I hope it works there because... Um, we always we always knock we don't knock anybody but it's always unfortunate to see talent go to a place where talent goes to die mm-hmm. and if Dwayne Haskins goes to New York rather and I'm not saying that the Washington Redskins are the picture franchise in the NFL right now but I think he's got a better chance to succeed there than New York right now New York yeah. New York is, New York are the new Browns New York are New York That's is a- New York is the new Cleveland like it- they're wasting first round picks and exhibiting no actual vision of a future. The comments from Gettleman after they went out and got Daniel Jones were so laughable. Uh, I don't know if you read it or, or if the listeners heard it, but it was, and I'm paraphrasing here, but a, a reporter asked him um, what made them choose Daniel Jones at number six. And he came out and said, you know, we're going to go with the Aaron Rodgers model. We want Daniel to sit for three years behind Eli, really learn this offense, yada, yada, yada. And the reporter followed up saying, you just spent your sixth overall pick on a guy that you're going to sit for three years. And Gettleman's response was so laughable. It was something along the lines of, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I could walk out of this building and get hit by a car. Life's too short. You just got to go out there and make it happen. What does that mean? It meant nothing. It was like this blanket statement saying, I know nothing about the NFL draft, and I just took a guy because Archie Manning told me to. Like, Gettleman is so under over his head with this entire running a franchise, getting rid of the best player on your on the defensive side of the ball and the offensive side of the ball and drafting an unproven ACC quarterback. Like it's, I, I, it's wild too, because if you look like they could, if, if Daniel Jones was identified as, you know, this is the guy we like most, say they didn't really like Haskins for whatever reason, say they liked Daniel Jones, and but still had this belief, you know, we want him to sit for a couple years, which I've said a couple times, I think that's actually the right way to go for quarterbacks who aren't, like incredibly noticeably immediately. Yeah, but I think let, let me finish. I agree let me, too. Let me, can just, okay, go ahead. On. I like, he would have, he would have been there at 17. And if you spend your set, the 17th overall pick on a guy that you say, yeah, it, you know, it's a quarterback who's a little bit raw right now. We want him to sit, learn, develop. And we think he's got a really high ceiling. Fan base might not originally like that, but they can buy into that. If you do that at six, if you have a top, five, six, even top 10 pick, people are expecting you to get someone who, if he's not starting day one, is starting by week four. And to, to pass up on an elite pass rusher in Josh Allen, who, you know, potential elite pass rusher, because we don't really know for sure, but a guy like that at, at number six, who when you really, really need edge rushing, and that, I mean, that's outside of quarterback, 
I think we've seen the most important position in football now. I think that's just irresponsible, especially when your guy at six would have been there at 17. Now, I'm not, I don't want to take issue with what I strongly believe is that a quarterback needs a year, maybe a little bit more to sit and learn and get accustomed to life in the NFL and everything that's coming your way and digesting a new massive playbook. I do think they need time, but stop calling it the Aaron Rodgers model. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers Just because he's Aaron Rodgers, three years doesn't mean they're going to be Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers is flat out great at the game of football. One of the best to ever spin a football that we've ever seen. That's why Aaron Rodgers worked, because they picked a guy who was going to be great. And the fact that he sat maybe the first year had something to do with it. But years two and three, whatever, that, I don't think that deepened his understanding of the game, especially because he had a quarterback in front of him that had no intention of helping him learn the game. That wasn't a model. That's not something that you try and emulate. That's something that happened because Aaron Rodgers is who he is. Mm -hmm. Now, just because you sit a guy for three years doesn't mean he's going to be Aaron Rodgers or anything close to it. So I just take issue with with people calling it the Rodgers model when you sit a guy for three years. I think it definitely helped Aaron Rodgers get to where he is and how quickly, but I still think eventually he probably gets there because of how good he is. Yes, um, I, I agree with you there. But um, that said, you know, we got we got to talk top that, of the draft. That said, Mitch is still better than Aaron Rodgers. Mitch is still better, one hundred percent. We'll take Mitch um, ten times out of ten. He outdueled Aaron we, in the fourth quarter with the division on the line. There we go. Love it. Um, the uh, the elephant in the room, or uh, I don't know if you can call it the elephant because size wise, but um, <laughs> at one at got one him. we knew at one we knew it was going to happen. You know how I feel about um, Kyler Murray's professional prospects here. Um, what are your, I guess, what are your first impressions of Kyler Murray, the professional? Because I'm not blown away by, and I'm not talking about the height. Uh, I'm not talking about the arm talent because his arm talent is crazy. Wait, wait, did, did, you and, say, did you say hype or height? Height. Both. I'm not talking about the hype or the height. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm not talking about the pros or the cons. I was not impressed by this young man in front of a microphone. I'm going to be um, honest with you. I, I, I didn't see or read too many of his comments because I kind of – it was uh, – the draft, with all honesty, was – with the Bears not being in the first round wasn't on TV yeah. for me. It was kind of background noise slash not on. Yeah. I just – I'm not – I don't think he was – he's number one pick good. Um, I, I think he was maybe first round good. I'm a little bit higher. Like I said, I'm higher on him than you are. But I think what you had in the building already with Josh Rosen and J- Nick Bosa, not Joey – available at two there, you know, to you at one, I I think that would have been the route to go. Um, But I guess I've kind of maintained this. If that's your guy, that's your guy, go get him. That said, you probably still could have gotten him in the top 10 if you wanted to trade back. I just, I think it became so obvious that this was going to be the first round pick for me that all the shock and awe has subsided because I, we we knew it was going to happen a month ago, you know? Yeah. So I, th- um, I think that's why for me now, like the I don't have that much vitriol or like huge reaction to it because we knew it was going to happen. It was just you know accepting reality at that point. And, and you know I'm pa- I'm past the reaction. I, I knew it, we knew it was going to happen after a cer- at a certain point, but now we have to start grading him as a professional even before he steps on a field. And I I know I'm kind of at the front of the it's not going to work bandwagon, mm-hmm. but I don't want to, I, I don't want it to not work. I, I've said it in the past. I'd love to eat my shoe on this one and have him have a fantastic NFL career, because if he does, he's going to have to do it differently than anyone has ever done it. It's going to look different. It's going to be entertaining and hopefully he succeeds in that vein, but you also have to be the franchise quarterback. You also have to be able to step in front of the podium three times a week mm-hmm. and convey a message not only for yourself, but for your franchise. And he will grow there as well, just like his game will grow. But his starting point in both aspects is behind where you need it to be. Yeah, He's, he's a, an amazing talent. Um, he doesn't strike me as, as the voice of a franchise just yet. So um, we will see and all, all, all the luck in the world to him and especially to Josh Rosen, a guy who's now been thrown uh, another situation, another curveball. I think it benefits him getting out of that building with the uh, volatility in terms of personnel and, uh, well, and ev- management. I know everyone is saying, you know, he's a problem, you know, his attitude's wrong. Well, he, and maybe it's a smokescreen, maybe it was a show, but he sent out that two and a half minute video, you know, thanking the Cardinals, wishing good luck to Kyler Murray. 
all that Nothing stuff. Saying he decided to be a Dolphin, and then you know he had to put off going to Miami because he had to go to you know his ex teammate Larry Fitzgerald's charity softball yeah, charity tournament event. that he already committed to. He didn't back out of his charity commitment. He instead took you know first thing out in the morning flight out to Miami. So I, I don't. People are like all over Josh Rosen because these kids are all subject to public opinion. They even tried turning a fantastic quote from Josh Rosen into something negative. And it was him saying something along the lines of during the entire process, when his agent was talking to him about trades, Josh said something like, I don't care. Tell them if they want to trade me, trade me. If not have Kyler come in this building and then I'll beat him out. And Kyler can, can sit Mm -hmm. behind me. That's not a negative thing. That's the thought process of a starting quarterback. Yeah. I, I'm very excited for him to go down to Miami. I, I think I know Brian Flores isn't exactly a you know, he's not an offensive coach, but I think he's I mean, he he comes from a winning culture in New England, and I think that should be a good fit for him down there. I don't think it's going to be great right away, but I think he's and in a good spot me, for him to grow. You're telling me Ryan Fitzpatrick isn't thrilled to make however million dollar however many million dollars he is this season, and again not having to be a starting quarterback. Yeah, I mean, good for him. Fitz Fitz is fantastic for a, a room and for the growth of Josh Rosen. I think he's going to be a guy who who lives in in his condo or wherever they're living. I think that they're going to get along really well, and I think that it's a much more beneficial situation for Josh Rosen right now than it is for Kyler Murray. If we're going to compare those careers for the remainder of those careers. Yeah, I mean, and Josh Rosen, I was always thought people like obviously have called him, you know, arrogant, bad attitude. I just think he's a little bit more of a, he's a smarter guy who tends to, he's not afraid to he, let he you know to, it. Yeah. He tends to analyze things and think about things. And now he has a mentor who, you know, is a Harvard grad. So I think yeah, that could so. be a good mind, good, similar personality Just, to help kind of mentor him. I, I'm excited for Josh Rosen, Miami. I, I'm Nobel a Josh Rosen Peace fan. Prize soon come for the, uh, for the Dolphins quarterback room, I think. We're, uh, yeah, we're second to a Bears podcast. <laughs> I think we've just become a Dolphins podcast. I think so. And, yeah. you know, I've always been a fan. Yeah, you're, you're a Dolphins guy. you got some family ties there. So, you know, yeah. there, there we go. My yeah, dad's always been a big Dolphins fan. He's got a lot of Dolphins stuff in the closet. You can't beat the color scheme, you know? It's yeah. a very summery color scheme. Yeah, It's a very um, Florida color scheme, which fits because they're in Florida. Matt, you know, we, uh, you know, we always have to touch on, on fashion here. Oh, yeah. Um, we, are, we are a fashion podcast. Well, you, you touch on fashion. I just kind of nod my head and say, oh, yeah, okay. I agree with that. That's a good point. Okay. I'm going to give you my bangs and my busts okay. uh, from, from the draft and uh, a couple busts. Uh, I didn't. And again, I, I hate to be at the front of the Kyler Murray <laughs> negativity train, but uh, wasn't feeling the pink pinstripe uh, three-piece suit. Didn't think it did him any favors. I thought that. It looked really nice when the Cardinals hat went on. I thought that it went, the, the colors looked nice, the, the different shades of reds. And uh, uh, once once the hat went on, I sort of understood it a little bit more. But uh, mm-hmm. in terms of just walking the red carpet, wasn't feeling Kyler's look. I also, and you know, I'm fashion forward. I like mm-hmm. the new you stuff. Are. Uh, you know, you know, I, I like. I kind of like, like Kyler's the, dad the suit. I, did you see Kyler uh, and his dad hug? I'm having trouble remembering it right he, now. He, his dad had a gray pinstripe, gray suit, okay. you know, a, a nice chart, lighter than a charcoal, but not really a light yeah. gray with, with the white pinstripes. I really like that. Um, I have to take I have to take Devin Bush to task for whatever um, well, gun know. holster uh, satchel strap. Leather, I don't know how to classify it, but I loved it the wasn't for me. Of him, and then I saw him. Yes, and I was like, eh, yes. I don't know about this anymore. Not sure what, what was going on there, but my positive, and I'm, I'm going to give a shout out to the Hog Mollies here, to the big men. Thank I you. thought that Jonah Williams, uh, Folsom alum, Sacramento native, got to give there it, it to him. Um, Alabama uh, product, first lineman off the board this season at 11 to Cincinnati. I don't know if I've seen a big man in a better tailored suit than Jonah Williams had on on Thursday night. He looked fantastic. I'm trying right to find it. Blue, kept it simple. Oh, it was great. It was great. He had a fresh haircut. The whole look was well put together. And yes, I've had the pleasure of uh, interviewing Jonah in the past. And that's, there is a little bit of a, of a bias here, but you should get him the, on the, kid was, the kid was killing it um, on draft night. I, I had as a whole, I'm giving everyone a thumbs up because outside of a couple outliers, they kept it simple Devin this Bush. year. Your blues, your grays, your your blacks, your your browns, all mm-hmm. the all the you know typical suit colors. A little bit of flair, some pinstripes here, uh, some some herringbone there. But mm-hmm. uh, we Love didn't see many spi- we didn't see many spiky loafers or sunglasses inside this year. And for that, I'm thankful. There you go. I, I think that was a very spot on analysis. 
it's your, uh, it's your fashion wrap up. But uh, we got some other topics to get to here. Playoff time in the NBA and the NHL. Uh, w- last week, uh, we touched on just the general entertainment that has been on both sides. Game sevens, buzzer beaters. You really can't beat it. And we said it last week as well. The competition at in every round has been so intense mm-hmm. in both the NHL and the NBA. Matt, um, give us a little uh, Matt's hockey minute here Ooh. on your big your big takeaways Ooh, wow. of uh, yeah. This is this is an impromptu Matt's hockey really, minute. Really throw me throw me out here. I like well. It. Um, you have one minute to let's break to down talk the about NHL five playoffs. series or four series. Okay. Uh, let's so that's do, what twenty seconds. Twenty seconds. No, that's bad math. That's fifteen um, seconds. Of fifteen seconds. Yeah, um, and that starts uh, when you start talking. That begins. Okay. <laughs> Can I do the throat clear that you do before every podcast this, before we this start counts. recording? This counts. <laughs> okay. Uh, we're a Carolina Hurricanes podcast now. Uh, we love Tago. Okay. We're, we're Tago guys. They're up three nothing. They're borrowing a major collapse going to the conference finals. Um, Dallas and St. Louis is hilarious because Dallas keeps flopping and taking ba- and causing bad penalties. Blues fans get mad. It's really funny because they're starting to get a little bit of a taste of their own medicine. That series has been fun. It's 2-2. Columbus shocking the world right now. It has a 2-1 lead on Boston. We also like Columbus, Joe. We're, we're rooting for a Columbus-Carolina conference final as much as the uh, the NHL Blue might not be. Original uh, exactly. We're, we're our Timmy <laughs> Panarin guys, though, through and through. And uh, my, my pick of the Sharks is looking pretty good. Logan Couture had a hat trick there on the road in game three. They got a 2-1 lead. Mm-hmm. I like San Jose to, to keep it going. So there, I think that was just about a little bit under a minute, probably. Yeah, you were you had 11 seconds to spare there. Wow. Um, uh, I will fill that time by saying we are a full-on San Jose Sharks podcast here because uh, I the will. The tank, the shark tank. I, if they go I to the will cup, have the opportunity. I'll, I'll I'll have the opportunity to cover the conference finals and uh, and and the finals if they they are yeah, you, to make those rounds. So you always say you could. You, you've been saying for a while you could use an extra set of hands around the office. You know, maybe I can Man, find me out there for portal, a, There's a job portal on our website. Just apply. It seems like I'll a lot of track you right through the process. Just, just like just 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 give me the job. Just get your credential. Just yeah, get your credential. That's all I want. Credential. Oh, good. Well, I could get you credentialed if you can get out here by Monday for uh, a complimentary round at TPC Harding Park. They're doing their uh, PGA Championship 2020 will be taking place in San Francisco at Harding Park, and they're doing their logo unveil and making a bunch of you That's know economic nice. impact announcements. So uh, the media has been invited to come and uh, check out all of that, as well as uh, I've, a nice uh, little shotgun following the uh, presentation. I've heard some great things about that course. Obviously, the uh, the San Francisco Cousins have uh, have played that a, a couple times mm-hmm. because when when you're not in season, it becomes a very reasonably priced. I know Brian's played yes. that. Gino and Johnny have played it. I've, I've heard nothing but fantastic um, things to be a, about that course. Supposed to be a great track. Uh, shares some land with Olympic Club right there on the uh, San Francisco's Ooh. north northwestern coast, I believe it is. Um, just a beautiful plot of land over there, so looking forward to that. And then you got a couple other big rounds of golf coming up. Yeah, this it's, week. it's going to be a nice, it's gonna be a nice week. golf week got, for you. We've got Harding Park on Monday uh, on, uh, on the clock, as they say. Harding mm-hmm. Park on Monday, and then... Uh, Wednesday, Thursday, we, we talked about it. Moose and Runes live from the desert. Uh, we're going to have some, we're still figuring out what we're going to bring your way. We're looking at some microphone options here and, and what we're going to be doing, whether we're going to be mic'd up during our rounds down there in uh, Palm Springs. But uh, very much looking forward to getting out at La Quinta, playing all the PGA courses down there. It's going to be a, a fantastic uh, experience with the Rooney family. I'm crazy. Didn't Brian email us the itinerary or was that a text? He did. No, he emailed it to us. I can't find it. I was going through it. I wanted to, you know. I'll forward it back to you. I can't find it. What happened? Um, Silverado? The, the, inter- the internet stole it from me. Fill your, fill this time. I ha- I know I have the email. So, so yeah, we're, uh, we, we, we've debated the opportunity, uh, not opportunity, the decision of, we were going to get some mic packs and just have us kind of mic'd up the entire round mm-hmm. or we might get the Brian little- literally resent the email yesterday, Brian. Yeah, Matt. I don't know where it is. Okay, it's gone. It's gone forever. <laughs> Wednesday, Silver Rock Resort, a high-rated course. There, uh, we're gonna be playing the, that. The a pictures little. of these courses too. Just look. They sit fantastic. amongst the desert mountains. Uh, fantastic. Thursday, La Quinta Resort Dunes course, followed by La Quinta Resort Mountain course. I've heard fantastic things there. Friday, PGA West Stadium course, PGA West Norman course. So, uh, gonna be just a. Uh, a fantastic stretch of golf for the boys. 
I'm looking forward to it. And we got a putting green in the backyard there, Joe. So a little bit bonus golf. Backyard. Yeah. The Airbnb looks like something serious. So we might, uh, we might be set up real nice. We maybe maybe we'll give nice. you, maybe Wednesday when we get to the Airbnb, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll send something out for the people. Who knows? I'm going to do a, a, a verbal, uh, I'm going to do an oration of uh, just explaining the Airbnb. Okay. I think that's great podcasting. Yeah. So. I, we're going to release a special pod. Joe explains the yeah. Airbnb without pictures. 102 and a half 103 will be there either be uh, a round recap with some in round uh, with some in round hits there but uh, definitely going to be some some original content coming the listeners way this week from uh, the PGA West compound down there in mm-hmm. in uh, Palm Springs it's I always want to say Palm Beach I always want to screw up and say uh, Palm Beach there's no beach I haven't I haven't looked at the the forecast yet. We looking warm? Our uh, so I you, you know Slavko uh, Bekovic mm-hmm. from uh, from NBC Sports Chicago, a friend of the buddy, pod, friend of the, uh, maybe a friend of the pod. Who knows? Um, he was just in Palm Springs last week. I was talking to him a little bit about the weather. Yeah. it's going to be a little toasty. That said, well, it's, you, a, it's a dry toasty. It's not. Uh, you guys it's, have it's, it's the. You guys are in the situation where you're coming from the still having the thick blood of the cold winter. Yeah. I'm thinned out. Like very I'm ready. Blood. We've had a couple 90-degree days already here in Sacramento. Um, we're looking at 78 today. Is uh, I laid out by good? the pool the other day. Thick blood's good when it's cold. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. Plasma. Plasma. Sure. All that. I, I'm, not a all science, that I'm not a science guy. <laughs> Matt, uh, I think we've just completely gone off the rails here and talked so about how excited we are about a personal golf trip. about yeah. a vacation that nobody yeah. else is going to be on that they might but, see uh, like a ooh, picture of. To tie it in here, we do have some breaking golf news. Ooh, Tiger's okay. Yacht spotted uh off the coast of new york he's oh. already already got the yacht over there at beth page i don't know if he's with the yacht or if he's just uh docked it over there but <laughs> i'm gonna uh, guess he's had it taken out there and he's you know he'll be flying that'd be, that'd he's, be he's, not, he's not taking the yacht there he just lives on it we don't know we don't know but uh tiger will be staying on the yacht again for the u.s open which is beth page such fantastic. a power play i love such it. a power play yeah gotta feel at home to, looking forward to all the major golf coming up here uh pga what two weeks away three weeks away I, I want to say, yeah, it was in a, like the um, it's the sixteenth, right? Is it the sixteenth? Yes, the, okay. I believe so. Yeah. I think that's right. So, uh, Mid May, so that'll be fun. We got some good stuff coming up in the world of golf. But uh, Matt, you so eloquently put a bow on the NHL playoffs. The Thank NBA you. playoffs have been fantastic as well. Uh, they this, have been. Like, this Warriors Rocket series is just taking on the full on soap opera tone of uh, of the complaining and uh, well, I the feel injuries like I want to and the eye scratching. Right like I want to complain but, about something because, you know, they're doing so well at complaining to the refs about everything in that series. But that mm-hmm. said, it's been a lot of fun to watch, and those are just kind of the two best teams around right now. I do think that year uh, – excuse me, not year two. Game two was way more – within the bounds of, of what goes and what doesn't go. Game one was a ridiculous display of uh, lack of sportsmanship, mm-hmm. competitiveness from both teams, from Harden and company, from D'Antoni, from uh, from everybody, from uh, Steph, Draymond. They were all in the ref's ears, and it wasn't good. I think that they all made a concerted effort to lay off in game two, and um, but still, you had the injury to Steph, dislocating his finger. You had the injury to Harden, claw across fun. the eyes. It's um yeah it, it's got all it's got all the notes you want to hit in a series so it, it does look like it's going to be the Warriors in the uh, in, in as few as four but I think that Houston definitely takes one here in Houston so maybe five possibly six but it, it looks like it's going to be Warriors moving on and then on the other side of the Western Conference you got the Nuggets in Portland just really that's going to be a fun see. series I think ah to me to me this is the best series we're gonna see until the finals um oh i agree i just warrior series i I know whoever wins that nuggets blazer series is probably going out in five in the next round but that said those two teams i think are a fun matchup for each other they're a little bit different yeah and you got two legit bona fide superstars and damian lillard nikola Jokic. granted they're not going technically at it but I really like watching Dame, both guys play. Dame, yes. Jokic, to me, something about his game is too Tim Duncan for him to ever be. See, th- I mean, he's a superstar. Thank you. He's a he's Tim all, Duncan's he's like all NBA a top guy. ten player but of all time. I know that that's that's the biggest um, that's the biggest compliment I could give Nikola Jokic, but. It's not as entertaining as watching some of these other guys do it. It's just a it's a lumbering brand of basketball, and it works and it's crazy effective. But I'm I not, appreciate that. I'm not turning on the TV if it's jazz, someone random, just to watch Nikola Jokic. I will watch 
a, a quarter of Trailblazers basketball to watch uh, Dame. I will watch an entire game of the Warriors just to watch Steph and KD and all of those, all of that talent. I, 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 Jokic isn't a draw for me. I'm with you there, but I think the fact that we're wa- I, he's a bonus to what we do with Damian Lillard, but watching him more than I have probably these last two nights than I did all season, I, yeah. I starting to appreciate that it's fun to watch. And honestly, it's nice to kind of see the foil to that typical like really exciting superstar, someone who's so good because of how efficient they are. And I think yeah. it's kind of a nice balance to see back and forth. It's not going to go much farther than, you know, next round. And I'm not Ooh. saying that Nikola Jokic is in uh, appointment television, but when yeah. he's on, I think he's a very nice, but like, I, I find this series probably more entertaining than I did the Thunder one because I didn't like Russ in the playoffs isn't all that entertaining to me because he just tries to do it all. Paul George kind of stinks in the playoffs. That's I a didn't, warm take right there. That's that's got some heat. That take. I I'm more excited to watch this one. I think it's gonna be more back and forth. I think there's gonna be more of a. I, I think it's going to go longer than five. Yeah, I. What we do is a lot of times, you know, we we look for NBA is so star power driven, but when it gets to the playoffs, the teams that are successful, and you know, this is the weak link of um, the Warriors right now. The only weak link is their is their depth and their lack of bench production, but on the Excuse me. On the Eastern Conference side, um, that looks like it's going to be it's going to tell the tale. Um, if, if Boston is to get something done here, if Philly is to get something done, it's because of the depth of those two teams. Um, I mean, it, it's interesting. We all we knew that it was going to come down to these four in the East yeah. you know, for a long time now. But now that we're here, I mean, there's still we kind of thought. I think at least I kind of thought at least one team by the playoffs is going to separate themselves, and it appeared to be the Bucks. But then, yeah. you know, obviously, they blew out the Celtics in game two. But game one, they go out and lose by 20. Like, you tell me one of these four is going to win the East, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't say, oh, wow, what a shock. Like, it's still wide open this far into it. And I think that's kind of I cool. could see something we haven't I seen could, in a while. I could totally see the East cannibalizing itself, both of these series going to seven. Mm-hmm. If the next series goes to seven, then you got just guys that are, you know, playing with empty tanks against possibly the Warriors. Um, possibly, I don't know. I'm not going to say the Rockets because it's not happening. Possibly Portland, possibly Denver. Uh, it's going to be the Warriors. Yeah, let's but let's come on. Let's you, you got a you got a team with an empty team playing against the best in the world. So um, I think that this it's going to be entertaining. But I do think that the East could cannibalize itself here over the next couple of weeks. Uh, it they might, but it's going to be entertaining to watch and out of the oh, NBA yeah. playoffs because like we said, we've kind of known. I'm it's not rooting. Be the Warriors I'm not rooting forever. for sweeps just to no, see a I, good finals. Yeah, that, I, that's, I, that's I want to. I want to be entertained during these East finals or East you know semis and finals. And here might be a hot take. I think these playoffs are better that LeBron isn't isn't in it. Whoa! Yeah, that's a hot take. And there's actually competition. The East is open. I can actually you know. Be interesting. Maybe the maybe the narratives are spread a little bit more evenly. Other teams are getting some yeah like some the, attention that they wouldn't because he takes the, he sucks up so much air. The Toronto um, Philly series has a storyline to it because LeBron's not playing on the other side. Now we have Kawhi and Jimmy Butler going back and forth. We have yeah. Joel Embiid. We have Pascal Siakam who's having you know kind of a breakout playoffs a little bit. Not on the LeBron other side. We got Giannis versus Celtics. Vacation. LeBron yeah. does look to be so we're we're really keeping him in our thoughts. Yeah. Um, thoughts but uh, we do have a couple things to get here before <laughs> before we jump into segments. We got by ourselves. We do have a fantastic mailbag. Today, oh yeah, but we wanted to um, take this opportunity. I do have it down on my notes here to congratulate uh, our both of our mentors, uh, Dave Kaplan. Oh yeah, uh, re-signing with NBC Sports Chicago, a cornerstone of uh, Chicago sports media. Just. You know, both of us have been lucky enough to work with him and get to know him as as more than a colleague and as a friend. And uh, getting getting re-upped over there at NBC Sports Chicago, and it's my understanding that there was some talks of him possibly uh, jumping on on board with, um, with the Cubs Network yeah. once it gets started. And uh, he's uh, it's got that had to have been you know not to dig too deeply into it here, but a fantastic leverage point for negotiations for a cap there. <laughs> you um, have to think so. The fact that the team that he covers was starting their own. Uh, starting their own uh, network and that the ownership of the family or the ownership of the team wanted him. So uh, uh, good on cap for, uh, for staying over there at uh, NBC sports Chicago and looking forward to watching him for the years to come. Matt, do you have any other, uh, do you have any other details that, that, that I may not have been privy to here? No, not necessarily. I mean, around the office, I think everybody knew that you know, that wasn't an elephant in the room, but everybody knew that was starting. Everybody knew caps affiliation with the Cubs. And I think everybody knew it was a possibility. They might be gone. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was nice to see. I Cap's a favorite of just about everybody around the office, and everybody around the office will say the same about him that you know he's a favorite of theirs. Um, it's it's nice to have him back. It's nice to have him signed. It was a pleasant surprise to see that you know he's he's fully on board for however much longer he is. I don't know what the the particulars of the new deal. 
Um, but I, I think when it came down to it, the, the fact that they were going to continue sports talk live, you know, with him, mm-hmm. I, I think that was a little bit more important to him than, you know, doing Cubs pre post because he still got that radio show. He can still talk about the Cubs and probably not having to do, you know, Padres games at Tuesday at nine o'clock and then not the worst thing in the world. <laughs> showing up for your 9 a.m. radio show the next morning. I think he's okay with that. Cap, yeah. will, Cap will never tell you he's tired, <laughs> but I'm sure there were some mornings there he's a little bit tired. But uh, and, it's um, great to have Cap still on board, and uh, we're, we're excited to still have him in the building. As the media landscape shifts, it shifts much more to the mold of Sports Talk Live and what's mm-hmm. going on there rather than you know traditional pre-post. And, it's you know, interesting still to see where, in that, but, where um, Marquis is going to go because I think that would, not to get too sports, Chicago sports media nerdy or speculative, mm-hmm. but I think that was, I think they were kind of banking on Cap being their, you know, the face of their new network, or at least that was the kind of the, the perception everybody got. And now that they don't have that anymore, it'll be interesting to see kind of what route they go because there's not really a home run or, or logical hire for them to go out and get. So we'll see. And I need, I need to, you know, we need, we need to do a little, little digging off air here, but is that like, is that, is that going to be an adversarial uh, relationship there between? Man, between well, honestly, we, is that the enemy right now? I got no idea. I okay. honestly have <laughs> above that's, your pay that's grade? so far above my pay grade at this point, And I'm sure at some okay. point in a year from uh, less than a year from now, we'll have a better idea about it. But, um, be friends. it's like, we're, you know, we, we, we all like each other here. We're, we're all, we're all nice. It's good. But the moral of the story, good on cap. And, uh, we're happy for him. Um, just always, always bringing not only, uh, uh, the fantastic takes and the entertainment, but um, like you said, bringing a great attitude and a smile everywhere he goes. And, and hey, maybe, maybe you know, we we always like to get him on once a baseball season. Maybe we'll have him on for uh, for we another point it. at the at some point here soon. We got to do it. Maybe uh, we pitch. Do we need a we need a fourth in one of those foursomes? Pitch him a <laughs> pitch him a quick little trip here next week. Hey, you want to you want to <laughs> just catch a quick? You, you just signed a new deal. You got enough money to fly. Come on, you got PTO right. <laughs> you had to have negotiated some big PTO in there. Oh, goodness. Uh, Matt, let's jump into some uh, segments here. What do you say? Let's do it. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. I like to buy 500 shares of Animotion Incorporated. Animotion is up an eighth after plunging 75 points this morning. Hey, cuz, heard you having money problems. Sell, sell, sell. They're all selling and buy, buy, buy. I can't believe you put your money in that Centrex. You could have invested in my rollout tie dispenser. You can get a good look at a T-bone by sticking your head up a butcher's ass, but then, no, it's got to be your bowl. I declare bankruptcy! Uh, let's start off with buy or sell. I'll, I'll lead us off here, Matt. Um, article came out on NBC Sports Chicago's website. Uh, Shout out to our uh, savvy... Uh, was um, making it clear that he uh, that he's sure that the Hawks will be back in the postseason next year. Uh, Matt, buy or sell that the Hawks make the postseason next season? Uh, I, it's too early to buy or sell because I don't know what they're doing this offseason. Uh, I, I love Savvy's confidence. He's part of the organization, obviously, and uh, that's um, – I mean, he's not going to say, you know, no, if he's asked the question, because I think it was on a ride mm-hmm. along with Pat Boyle. If he's asking, you know, what do you think? Obviously, he's going to come out and say they're going to make the playoffs. So I, I'm okay with that. But I, I haven't seen what they do this offseason. I've said several times they're one good offseason away from being back to where they were or having a chance to compete for a cup. But they mm-hmm. still have to go out and have that offseason. So it's that that's a TBD for me. Um we we gotta wait till after you know July first till after you know midway through July see the moves that they made see the final product uh, before we uh, before making decision. So I'm gonna hold on that. I mean, it's buy seller. I'm gonna. So hold. you're we're holding. You're gonna out. hold. We're gonna hold. I don't think that's allowed in buy or sell, but well, um, we make the rules for it. buy or sell, so I'm I'm going to allow it. All right. Yeah. I also forgot one of my questions, but I remember the other. So I'll okay. start with the one that I remember. See, that's why I write mine down. Yeah, you know, I did that once, and it was a good idea, but then I kind of forgot to do that going forward. So uh, <laughs> that's okay. Buy or sell, Joe. The the NCA announced and NCA football announced three more bowl games. I believe it's Los Angeles. Ooh. Boston, ooh, and Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. I don't know about you, Joe, but I think, I think the Myrtle the bowl, Beach in January. I think the bowl hosted in Myrtle Beach has got Waffle House Bowl written all over it. But that's just <laughs> me. Um, buy or sell? Even more bowl games being added. I think they said now sixty-five percent of competing Division One teams or FBS schools will be in bowl games. Could buy not sell. sell it any harder. Oh, shut up! 
you we don't it. need no we don't need more football we don't need more stories about you guys electing to not play and throw away bowl games because they have professional futures if you don't win your conference championship if you don't make the uh, the college football playoff what are you what are you paying what are you doing what are you playing for other than a BS ring and a, maybe a cool swag bag with a new iPhone in it or something. I don't know. Like, it's just to me, it's become, it's gotten to the point of oversaturation where I don't care about the Marnicky Care Bowl. I don't care oh, see, I about, do. I was going to say the Pinstripe <laughs> Bowl, but Notre Dame plays in it every other year. So I don't care about majority of these bowls. Now, is it because... Vegas has such an rooting interest in here and it means more money and it means more wagers and it means more money lost and it means more of everything. More of everything's not always good. I, I don't need these. Is it going to affect me? No, but it is at some point going to affect the kid who was supposed to be a third round pick, but pulled the hamstring and then couldn't do his NFL draft workout and then slides out and then becomes an undrafted free agent and then makes a, a practice squad and never realizes his professional dream. Like there are effects to this down the line. And I know that that's, you know, a little bit presumptive there, but those are things that do occur in these meaningless bowl games. And I don't think we need more of them. I selfishly am going to buy it and I couldn't buy it any harder <laughs> because I am anyone who knows me, talks to me. I get made fun of it at work because on Tuesdays and Wednesdays in November and October, I'm asking for their remote to flip on Maction. Uh, I love mediocre college football. I love all college football. I love great college football. I love bad college football. I love mediocre college football. I can't want any more of it. So anytime you tell me that you're going to give me more of it, I'm going to buy it. And it's, it's literally that simple of an answer. Matt, I think you were a Notre Dame yell captain um, in in a past life. You were you were a cheerleader, I think. It's possible. I, I love it so. I love college football so much. And speaking of those swag bags, I don't remember uh-huh. exactly what it was, but a uh, friend of the podcast and and your former quarterback Joe Romano, um, a couple years ago, back when we were still in school, let me into what they got. Um, I forget. I think it was the pinstripe bowl. Uh-huh. Um, ironically enough, I don't remember exactly what it was, but Everyone they got, got a Yankees fan- fitted. <laughs> they got some fantastic things in there. So don't, don't undersell the swag bag. I think that's probably worth going to the bowl game and having the extra practices. If I'm a first round talent and I'm playing in the pinstripe bowl, I'm coming up with an ankle 10 days out. Hey, Give well, me the swag see, here's bag. The thing. Give me that's- a swag bag and a sweatsuit and we'll go take a trip to New York. I guess. Here, here's the thing. That's the beauty of this trend that's kind of been growing. I think ever since Christian McCaffrey was really kind of the one to speak. And I forget who else was the one of the top picks in that draft too but uh, Fournette uh McCaffrey and Fournette kind of started this but mm-hmm. it's become okay and acceptable for guys yeah, to do so. exactly that if you're in the playoff okay no you're going to go play but we all But as a competitor that's as a competitor that's a shitty situation a shitty decision to have to make you know I don't really think Jaylen it is Smith's, because I think people uh, get Smith's been lucky enough to come back here um I almost called him Jaden Smith Okay yeah, but that you're going to say people should play Lennon. in the Fiesta Bowl no, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that it's situation. a tough decision to have to make. It's a tough decision to have to make. For See, these, I, um, I kind of think that as much of a competitor as, you know, you and I both were, if I were in that decision and I was, first, I was a projected first-round pick and I was, you know, my team was going to play UTEP in the pinstripe bowl, I'd be the first one cheering them there on the sidelines about it and be, be really good about it but say, you know, sorry, guys. And from all accounts, yeah. the teammates kind of understand that. In all honesty, those guys sitting out and saying, okay, sorry, guys, are giving someone else a chance to you know, do what bowl games and spring practices are really for, make a name for themselves heading into next year. So I think we always We always find a way to have a December conversation in, uh, in the early weeks of May. So I will do I'm it every time. I'm, I'm good at that. Any college football conversation I can squeeze out of it, I will. <laughs> Matt, I got one for you here. Um, reading a report that says the, uh, I don't know if it was the market cap, it can't be the market cap because they're not a publicly traded company, but sure. I think it was sales. Sales of proper 12 whiskey uh, oh, yeah. worldwide, um, Conor McGregor's whiskey, exceeding a billion dollars in its first year of production. Um, you got to think that Conor McGregor's got a chunk of ownership in that company. Um, whatever chunk you're looking at, it's good money. If it's a chunk of a billion, um, buy or sell, Matt, that we ever see Conor McGregor back in the octagon. The octagon specifically, not a boxing ring. I, I'm going to buy it because I still think deep down he's a fighter. And I, he even had a tweet as much, I, think it, I don't know if it was earlier this week or somewhat recently, basically saying like, 
I've made a lot of money and all that, but deep down, you know, I still like, you know, I, th there's something about getting in the octagon. Those guys who step in are a different breed, all this stuff. I think at some point we will just because that's kind of who he is. I don't think it's going to be a lot. I don't think there's going to be more than a handful of times, but I definitely do think at some point we will see Conor McGregor back in an octagon fighting someone for some reason, and I don't know why. And so I it. agree with you. I agree with you. Um, but the fact that you say someone for some reason, well, the reason is going to be money. The UFC is going to have to cut a bigger check than they ever have. Dana White's going to have to really, really make it beneficial. He's going to have to give Connor a cut of the door, a Connor a cut of the concessions. Connor's going to get a cut of everything. Connor's going to come out with another $100 million probably or whatever it's going to be. And it's going to be money that the UFC's never seen before or never cut a check for. But um, we're getting to a point where it is just going to be somebody. It's not going to be Diaz part three. It's not going to be all these other scores he has yet to settle, all the storylines that were built over the last five years. And that's fight sports to me. Like mm -hmm. that, the story, like, like I don't want to see him face some nobody who we've never heard of. Now he's never fought Cowboy Cerrone. That'd be a great fight, but that'd be a tough fight for Connor. I think that if we see Connor fight, it's going to kind of be a layup and maybe two, three layups so he can end his career on a little bit of a winning streak. It's That's possible, I but I still, I mean, the question was buy or sell, we see him in there again. I don't think yes. Conor McGregor and his ego are going out getting dominated by Khabib. I just don't. I'd agree with you. If he would have won that fight, I think my answer might have been different. But I, with his love of fighting, how it ended, I don't see him calling but, after that. Okay, bonus buy or sell. Buy or sure, sell, we see Connor and Khabib in the octagon together Ooh. again. That's a tough one. That's a, that's the ultimate coin flip. I, I think that might be the one fight where Dana White would really pony up to Connor to get him back in the octagon. So I think there's mm -hmm. an outside chance that would happen because I, I think that might be the one where he would actually meet, if not, you know, probably not all of Connor's demands because they're probably outrageous, but enough of those demands to make him want to do it. So yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy that at some point. I think there's too much of a story there left to not see them back. I've read that Connor said Connor said things in the past, and you can only hope take them with a grain of salt. But mm -hmm. um, he will only fight again if part of the deal is ownership, like. He, he wants shares of the UFC. He wants ownership in the UFC at well, a certain point. We'll see. Um, so I don't know if Dana's ready to relinquish some of his shares there, but uh, I just want to see Conor McGregor fight more. That's it. That's fair. All right. I completely still forgot my second buy or sell for you, but I found two, two actually two good ones here. Um, kind of a choose your own adventure. Do, do you watch, uh, you watch bar rescue familiar with John Taffer? I do. With Taffer. Great, great show. Yeah. Right? Now, I mean, I watch it like I'll flip it on. Yeah, it's not, I'm not tuning in weekly. To I, see under, I know the premise. Yeah. yeah. So um, John, John Taffer and the Paramount Network are announcing a spinoff of Bar Rescue called Marriage Rescue, where John oh, Taffer yeah. attempts to rescue marriage. <laughs> um, uh, Taffer brings the participants to a resort in Puerto Rico and uses unconventional methods to help them get a fresh start. The six-episode series premieres June 2nd. Joe, buy or sell Marriage Rescue with your host, John Taffer. I couldn't buy this anymore. Thank you. Uh, I, we finally agree on something. Taffer, Taffer yelling at a couple struggling with their marriage seems like, like appointment television to me. So, uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to be on board for Marriage Rescue. It's, uh, it, it's got all the makings of, of TV uh, of TV classic of a TV classic. No, and, uh, I, I um, think the majority of the time it's probably going to be, they're probably going to find couples where, you know, the husband's at fault or not doing something wrong, but are doing something wrong. But I'm very What are excited. you doing? I'm what are you doing see, on I, a Tuesday night? <laughs> see, but that you're going to see that a lot. I'm, I'm very excited for there. There's going to be one or two points in the series where like the woman thinks she's very much in the right and thinks she has Taffer in her corner. Mm -hmm. And then Taffer goes complete, like mm -hmm. heel turn, flip the script and just yeah. starts screaming at her. And not that. Yeah. I just think that there's going to be at some point where he's going to make several people cry and it's going to be hysterical. You get a little, you get a little Puerto Rican rum involved and you have TV gold. Oh man, that's going to be great. The other one was Gronk mentioned he make he casually mentioned he might convince himself to play football again by or sell he ever does, but who cares about that? We can talk about that another time. I buy it. I think, yeah, probably. I think we see, I think we see Gronk and Marshawn Lynch both in the NFL at some point this season. That was actually one of my, that was how I was going to phrase it. Over under one and a half, Gronk or Marshawn play football again. But that the over under, not by yourself. So over. Um, hit me with this mailbag. You, you briefly oh, yeah. explained wow. it. Wow, let me open it up here. Good one. 
So this was a debate being had by um, myself, Rob Gallick, and Matt Siegert in our, in our nice little group text. Um, I don't the really, brain trust, it's, as it, they should It really uh, is. The, the amount of great ideas that are flowing through that text message. They call you the brain trust because, because between you, there is one full functioning brain. Exactly. And we trust it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so basically, here's the hypothetical, Joe. We were talking about how special it was to be at Augusta. If you forgot, I was at the Masters. Not a big deal. No, no. No um, one forgot. I was at the Masters. was at Augusta. Bought a lot of gear. It's, it's okay if you forgot. <laughs> I didn't. But if you did, that's fine. Um, Buy or or sell, would you rather play one round at Augusta National, just you and Tiger Woods, or get to play one round, all expenses paid, you know, everything free here, you're not paying a dime, at each of the next major courses for the next three years? It's not including Augusta. So I'll read off those courses here. 2019, we got Pebble Beach, we got Royal Portrush. I've also played there, don't don't worry about it. Uh, Beth Page Black. All three fantastic courses. 2020 Harding Park, you'll be playing there. Winged Foot, Royal St. George. Bonus Whistling Straight, since there's the Ryder Cup in 2020. Keowa Island, Torrey Pines, St. Andrews. You get one round at all of those courses with three, you know, before some of your buddies. All expenses paid, everything. You just got to show up. Travel, everything, travel, lodging. All paid for. All paid for. All paid for. That's what I was made to believe. Or one round at Augusta. One round at Augusta National with Tiger Woods. Um, do I get to pick the two other people in our foursome? That's just you two. Just two. Just us two. Just us two. Um, that's tough. Right? Like, the other two answered this immediately thing, and said, you know, I'm going to those nine with all my friends. And I was like, oh, I, no, I can't I fault think you I'm going, I, I think I'm I going. Know. I think I'm going Augusta with Tiger because, one, you're never going to have a chance to play Augusta, and you're never going to have a chance to play with Tiger. Those are two big old bucket lists. Right there. I mean, he could take you through moments that he's had out on that course and, and what the roars sounded like. The reason I say this is because you could, outside of, I believe, Wingfoot, you could, if you had the cash, play every play single every one of those single nine one courses. At some, point your, at some point in your life, yes. So I think the exclusivity of the one round at Augusta makes it um, makes it real. And for me, the thing that makes that a tough decision is that you know all all nine of those courses would be experienced with with your best group of guys. Would like I be in your foursome? That, that's the draw there. Yeah, you'd be in you'd be in the foursome. Yes. we'd probably have to switch up the foursome for each round. Like we'd have to that's like fair. rotate people in because you dibs know, you on like dibs happy. on St Andrews. You're coming to St Andrews. I call dibs. Um, but I'm choosing Augusta with Tiger, so you're all screwed. I've yeah, I've gone back and forth on this honestly a bunch since this question was <laughs> proposed. Rob, Rob tried to guilt me into saying, "Oh, you'd be selfish enough to you know tell your buddies you know so you can go play Augusta." My answer to him was absolutely yes. When I come down, when it comes down to it, my friends, if I tell them, "Hey guys, sorry, I'm taking the one round at Augusta National with Tiger Woods because I'll never get to play this again or have this opportunity." Mm-hmm. Eat, you know, Joe, I, I let, I'll, I'll just ask you, if I were to tell you these are my choices and you'd be accompanying me on a handful of those nine rounds, but I said I chose Tiger and Augusta, what would you say? What would your response be? My response to, I didn't understand. If, if I chose Tiger over the nine rounds and told you, sorry, like, you're not going to get to play him because I want to play Tiger, play with Tiger at Augusta. I'd say FaceTime me on the 12th hole. Thank you. If you don't understand you. me choosing that, then I don't know what to tell you. I it, It's a yeah. tough choice. I thought about it several times, but it also comes down to what you said as well. With the exception of Wingfoot, it costs a lot, but I can still get on to one, every single one of those courses at some point in my life if I really wanted to. So yeah. I'm going to go with Augusta National, Tiger Woods. It's, it's, that's it. It's, a, it's Augusta. You, uh, it's Tiger. Thank, thank you, Matthew you. Seeger. Big, thank big you, rep. Matthew Seeger, and the group text for uh, sending in the mailbag this week. And, uh, Really looking forward to uh, more mailbag in the future. It is my personal favorite part of this podcast. So we have fun. your guys' engagement means everything to us. Um, brings upon a lot of divisive opinions. No, I said I, we, I said I didn't say. That. I said it brings oh, up a lot of divisive opinions. Um, no, I didn't say. That. Maybe you're just hearing things. Well, we we just um, we just have a way of decrescendoing out of the podcast here. Dude, so. we're very good at that. Always, always good stuff, Matt. Uh, you got anything else for the people before we say bye-bye? No. Uh, keep keep an eye out for next week's schedule. Um, we're not exactly sure if we're going to do, you know, an episode before Palm Springs or kind of how that's going to work. Keep an eye out. Keep an eye on the Twitter. We'll uh, we'll get that to you as soon as we know it. Just the Palm be, Springs be Chronicles coming your way at some point next week. 
uh, episode 103 from the desert. Going to be good stuff. Uh, you're going to want to tune in and uh, looking forward to the audio quality as well. Uh, not doing the podcast on opposite ends of the country, I think will. It's going to be weird talking to you in person. Um, it's been yeah, a while. It is. Yeah, it is. So uh, this is the. I've gotten used to not so. having to see your face. Yeah, well, you're losing. You're you're missing like ninety percent of the message. Then, (laughs) I can still envision your face and your emotion when you're talking, so it's cool. I've seen you get mad mad and emotional. Perfect. Just picture flailing hands, Uh. and that's gonna do it for episode (laughs) one hundred and two of the Moose and Runes podcast. Thank you as always for tuning in. We appreciate you guys for every week uh, chilling with us for an hour and some change here. We hope you enjoyed the pod this week and next week. As we said, coming to you live. I mean, live if you're going to be there with us. We'll be, we'll be really live. live. We'll be live. But we're you coming to live. you from uh, PGA West on the grounds of, of some other golf history. So uh, tune in next week. As always, uh, like, subscribe, share. We appreciate you guys. That's it for episode 102. We'll see you next week. For Moose, or for Runes, I'm Moose, and we're out. May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile. For every care, a promise, and a blessing in each trial. I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was awesome. (laughs) Chicken on the steak was phenomenal.